Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. What makes them industry giants? Get ready to take a peek inside and learn their secrets of success. This is Silicon Valley Insider, the show that demystifies the valley and helps to elevate your business to the next level. Now, your host for Silicon Valley Insider, Keith Koo. Welcome to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On today's show, very special guest and dear friend is Arthur Nerzowski of Sandhill Ventures currently, but we're going to talk about him being an OG in Silicon Valley. As much as we think about how much we cover in technology today, we need to remember how we got here. So I'm just really excited to have you, Arthur. Thanks for being on the show. Well, thanks. I appreciate it inviting me here. So, Arthur, we've certainly gotten to know each other um, the last couple of years, and I just really love your enthusiasm. We're going to talk about your past. We're going to talk about what you're currently working on. And, of course, at the end of the show, we'll be talking about your predictions for the future. Uh, even though right now you're doing Sand Hill Ventures, we'll get into, I really wanted to go way back to your early days as a C programmer and kind of how that all happened and what major career took off. I know that you got your start at Raytheon. You were at a company called Meridian that then got acquired by IBM, and then just things kind of ballooned from there. So let's go back into how you first landed in America and then what drove you or had you come here. Sure. Yeah. Everything started probably with my father, and he was uh, one of the first uh, engineers, uh, the computer engineers back then that were called programmers, right? And then, uh, of course, I came directly off the boat in 1981. I left Poland during the big solidarity uprising, and then they let all the bad apples out of Poland, <laughs> meaning that you couldn't <laughs> just like easily leave Poland back in those days. You, you had to have a passport, and then they were very restricted. And my father, because of his uh, education, he was actually allowed to travel quite a bit. Uh, they were buying the computers um, that were restricted in... in uh, in so-called, uh, there, there was a GATT restriction, me meaning that uh, Poland could not get any big computers like IBM's or mm -hmm. Honeywell's or so. But the way that the Poland were circumventing it is that they were um, buying those computers from Iraq, but being trained in in like in UK. So I got a like really good sense of what was the, the, the world looked like from my father's stories. And I always wanted to go and see the places, but I felt totally imprisoned by by the system, yep. by the communist system. So when the window opened, I just fled. And then through Austria, I wound up being, uh, here in San Francisco in 1982. And my father kind of like pushed me into the college. And and then while I was at college, I, I, was, I was actually picked up by a company in San Diego that was making the first uh, tools that enable one to convert the CD audio disc into a CD-ROM format. So, so that was my super lucky break number one. And from there, uh, you know, the company kind of like split in a couple of groups, got acquired by IBM eventually, and then I, I went to work for Sony down in Monterey, and that was kind of a very special division because the. You know, at the time, uh, Mr. Narita, the founder of, of, of Sony, was still alive, avid golfer, and all the, you know, management at, at Sony loved the Pebble Beach. And so, that's how come they had an office in Monterey? Yeah, pretty much. There was like, <laughs> it was right about like stone throw from uh, from the airport. And 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 at the time, that, that division was called Sony Electronic Publishing, and, and we had like the coolest projects on the planet. 
I meaning that you know anything that had to do with with the focus of the company, we we had our fingers in them. So Sony PlayStation was built in there, like some of the software alliances with uh, Electronic Arts. My uh, personal responsibility was to build a program called Hybrid Formatter, which enabled one to produce the CD-ROMs. Like the CD-ROMs back then, like one blank disc was about three to four hundred bucks. And yeah, the yeah, machines yeah. were like four, you know, like twenty thousand dollars. The first version. Just just to put this in the context before we get back to the CD-ROM story, is that to have an office in Monterey during that time, it was right after because I went to high school. You know, I grew up, born and raised here. Went to high school. It was right after the base closures, which is the defense industry. So Silicon Valley, you know, was Silicon and the defense industry. So it was an economic downturn. So to choose these locations that are now really, really expensive. These were like cost savings measures back then, and golf. So that's yeah, cool. I, th- I think that golf had more more to do with any, <laughs> <laughs> anything. Uh, I I believe, but you know who knows. But but also you know you have to remember that Monterey was was very much involved in the in in the lack of mm-hmm. the. Uh, th- there was a lot of talented people. They they wrote the first operating system. Um, oh, DOS, the DOS yeah, story. Digital, yeah, yeah. The, the, those guys. And just a reminder, Bill Gates, when he needed an operating system, when he was partnering with IBM, this is when Microsoft was really new, he actually bought an operating system from two guys in Pacific Grove, I believe. Which no, is no, the nope. story goes a little, little oh, bit different. So, sorry to correct no, you. No, no, good, I love but, it. But so, so what happens is that IBM just co- signed a deal with the... Uh, uh, with Bill Gates, and they were flying their jet from uh, from uh, Arizona to Monterey to meet with the Digital Research. Okay. That was the company that had uh, uh, at the time. I think that they they were calling their operating system DR DOS, which was much more sophisticated, much better than anything else on the planet. However, the guy that was that uh, that actually ran the company, you know, he was full of himself a little bit, like at the time. <laughs> And then he was flying his little airplane and then came in like two and a half hours late to the meeting with IBM. So in an essence, uh, the IBMers, they said, okay, sc- you know, screw you guys. We're not going to wait for these guys. If they don't appreciate the opportunity, we're going to go back to Microsoft. We're going to fly back to Arizona and ask Gates if he can do it. And then what, what Gates has done, he's actually said, oh, of course I can do it. He was lying through his teeth. But... <laughs> But he bought this uh, this company out of Seattle. It was like one or two operation called uh, Dirty DOS or something, uh, Basic and Dirty DOS, uh, which stands for the operating system. And and that's how the guy from Digital Research kind of like missed the lifetime opportunity, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> to 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 do whatever. And so, you know, our division at Sony, we were actually absorbing a lot of those digital research guys, the super smart guys, and and it's amazing how smart they were. But but going back to what happened is, is at the time when I was at Sony, I I, you know I was developing all the QuickTime 1.0, working with the team with Apple guys and Microsoft. Because that was the birth of the digital video at the time. So. problem that we encounter is that Macintosh wanted to have their beautiful icons, mm-hmm. right? But they wanted to also be able to access the the larger storage at the time that was available, which was CD-ROM. And then you didn't want to, to create a, a multiple disk, one for the DOS, one for the uh, one for Windows, one for the Mac. 
So I came up with the patented technology that allowed to share the same contiguous, uh, you know, big data chunks and then have the icons on the Mac and then also being visible under the windows. So I got praised by, you know, my guys at, at Sony and then, then I became the liaison between um, Apple QuickTime team and then also the Microsoft uh, video for Windows, which was uh, back when, when those things happened. So it was a really... Yeah, I'm going to just pause you right there, Arthur, because this is a fantastic conversation. You're listening to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Q, and I'm today I'm with the real Silicon Valley Insider, my friend Arthur Mirzaroski, who um, has been around a long time. We're talking about some of the things he's heard and learned. And when we get back, we're going to talk about how his pivotal moment was when he really helped Netflix get its start. Remember Netflix? And then we're going to talk about his company, Looptronics, and we're going to talk about the future. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at info at svn.biz. Go check out keithku.com, and we'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. I'm having a great conversation today with a real Silicon Valley Insider, my good friend Arthur Mirzorowski of Sandhill Ventures. Uh, we, in our last segment, talked about how he got his start um, fleeing Poland in the communist era and finding a home here in the U.S. and taking off with his technology career. So welcome back, Arthur. Oh. Thank you for taking you know, time to, to listen to my stories. Oh, you have great stories. This is why you're here. And before we get on with the stories, I have a question to ask you because you've seen a lot. What is your take on generative AI like ChatGPT? Well, I personally, for the first time, I, I'll, I'll relate that to another story because I told you about my father being the computer programmer and so on. So back in the 70s, you know, they, they had those giant cakes, uh, five megabyte hard drives and, and computers that have like a punch cards. Mm-hmm. And eventually in the 70 something, I was 11 years old. So I don't, I don't want to tell what the year it was because I'm so old. But essentially my father got the first terminal, like one of those TTY yep. terminals, mm-hmm. right? So I came to his work, you know, the clean room and I asked my father, hey, can you ask the computer what 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 the computer thinks of me, right? Like, <laughs> just like type something. Like, what do you think? And and of course that computer was a dumb as you know, like today's whatever. You know, it, it had two hundred fifty six kilobyte memory and all that. And and I I don't know exactly what the hardware was, but anyways, that was my impression. Was eleven years old that I'd be able to talk to the computer. And and then this thing realized that G, GTP, right? When when I actually first tried it, it was exactly what I was trying to get out of my father, like 49 years ago. I'm 60. <laughs> I just answered the question about my age. So that you can actually talk to the computer and get a reasonable conversation. And I love it, but but it, it's not the, about my emotions, about actually solving my dream about the computer being communicative, but it also gives me the understanding that this is the first time that I've seen a, not, a, 
something that is much, much bigger than internet in, let's say, in, in the 90s slash 2000. And nobody realizes how big of the change this is going to make in our life. Right. It's, it's just so huge that, that it's just blowing my mind. But, you know, I'm also looking at it from the, from the perspective of, 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 of the, let's say, the future investments and, 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 and a kind of applying to fit in into this whole new, brand new ecosystem of Web 3.0. And, and, and I see such a grandiose opportunities, right, uh, that, that it just gets me extremely excited. And, and I'm really happy, of course, the ethics and then, and then ability to have a proper data, it's not quite there, but I think it's also a, a huge opportunity. Correct. Yep. Thanks, Arthur. Thanks for your insight on that. And I agree. Again, there's a lot of questions, a lot of ethics around this, a lot of people asking me. Uh, my company, we're building custom AI models for people at a very low cost, right? And so this is something that is taking off. We're getting tons of requests. But I think it's just something so interesting that we'll do another show to talk about it in the future. So let's get back to your history. Uh, we had just left off with, you know, I was telling you off, uh, on, off microphone that um, 20-something years ago, there was a PBS miniseries called Revenge of the Nerds. 2.0. There's 1.0, there's 2.0, and it talked about all these stories by journalists like think that they're interviewing people you know, from your era, but you actually live those stories. You know those stories better than a journalist talking about it. So with that, I wanted to move into something very significant, which is the whole rise of Netflix and your part in that. How did that come about? Yeah, it's kind of funny because originally, you know, the, the world, the... the uh, or the serendipity of, of life. It's just incredible. So so the company that moved me from San Diego, the Meridian Data, that the one that was making tools for the CD-ROMs, had moved in into the Scotts Valley. And I really hated that because <laughs> I loved San Diego back then. Okay. And, and then, you know, unbeknownst to me, 10 years later, a little company called Netflix had moved in into the same building. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I was actually out of the Sony because uh, I left the Sony uh, by creating uh, my own first interactive movie utilizing QuickTime. And I was the first one in the world. And then Encyclopedia Britannica had bought it from me. <laughs> like So so it's kind of like there was a lot of interesting things. And then a bunch of Sony people had followed me also to Scott's Valley. But... But about the 10 years later, I was really tired of, of this, this CD-ROM was always limited in the sense of, of getting the uh, compatibility issue. When the DVD came about, I was the first one to do the DVD. So I built the first production house. I created the first DVD titles in the world. And then all of a sudden, I have Netflix in my back, uh, backyard. And, and then one of the like fourth wheel, I would say, person, Mitch Law, um, he was hired by Netflix to, to acquire the content and understand how to get the content in. And at the time, the company was maybe 50 people <laughs> maximum. And Mitch lived in Mill Valley, and then he spent about four, four days a week in, in Scotts Valley. He lived in, uh, uh, and then, then he commuted back uh, to, to Mill Valley. And then Mitch was teaching me about like baseball, American culture, <laughs> and, and I was teaching him about the, you know, what the technology behind, behind, the, uh, be, behind making the DVDs was. And then I, at the time I was doing a lot of Hollywood uh, conversions of the movies and, and all that stuff. 
and uh, and then we came up with an idea to to create a, a title that will be in a record-breaking turnaround time, just so that Netflix can get a new customers. At the time, they were suffering with no name recognitions, and then most of the most of the customers were Indian engineers here in the valley renting out the Bollywood movie, and that was pretty much like a lot of cash flow of the Netflix at the time. And they were always, you know, struggling to get their name out. They they made the deals with the coupons with the Panasonic, Sony, and so on. Um, so we uh, we uh, we came up with an idea to have the Rolling Stones. The concert was Steel Wheels at the time. That we would record them on Friday or Saturday, and then create the DVDs that we ready to be shipped. The following week, yeah, right, which was unheard of because the whole process of making DVDs at the time was like twelve weeks long, and uh, we we hit some some walls, clearing some certain rights with Rolling Stones. So what landed on our hands was the the issue with the Monica Lewinsky affair with President <laughs> Clinton. <laughs> this was so, going way back. So so we had this uh, public domain four hour tapes, right? That we converted here, and actually in Fremont, uh, to to there was a, actually there is a connection yeah, to the yeah, Fremont. Yep. Um, and so so I I knew how to do it, but there was a four hours. We had a two hour DVD as a format, and we needed to make this whole thing happen right very quickly. So I found this this Taiwanese company that just moved into the Fremont, and they agreed to to actually do the uh, replication of the discs. In in twenty four hour turnaround time, which was unheard of, yeah. like nobody has done that in the industry. Right. But <clears throat> so, anyways, we had any everything from having the encoders catching fire, and but we did make that uh, mm-hmm. deadline of after not sleeping five or six days. And and the bottom line is that we wound up being and delivering the discs to the customers like the very following. Monday, they actually had the discs in in the mail, and that was just a phenomenal PR. And so, Wanda being on the, on the first uh, page of the uh, uh, Washington Post, New York Times, uh, Billboard magazine, CNN interviews, and all of a sudden, Netflix Netflix became a known entity, right? Um, so, so, and from that point on, I developed a really great relationship with uh, with Mitch. And and Mitch uh, after after the um, after Netflix he he actually started Redbox um, and and I want to talk about Redbox when we come back from the break and then I want to talk about Lutronic your company so Arthur these are fantastic stories things that you know you don't normally get to hear really appreciate you being on the show today you're listening to Silicon Valley Insider I'm your host Keith Koo special guest today my dear friend Arthur Mrzarowski who is of Sand Hill Ventures but we're talking about all the stuff he did up until now and when we get back we'll be talking more about his affinity to Netflix, his company Looptronic. Any questions or comments, email us at info at svn.biz, and we'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On today's show, my dear friend Arthur Mirzarowski of Sandhill Ventures. Arthur, in the previous two segments, we've been talking about his past, some real Silicon Valley Insider stories about how he got started, how Netflix got started. 
And also, we even talked about IBM and Microsoft's relationship way back in the day. So thanks again, Arthur, and welcome back. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I'm really glad to to be able to tell those stories because I, I think that I'm keeping them in directly into my heart. But I, I think that they're they're kind of like little niblets of, of things that one maybe find them interesting. We, we need to get those stories out of you, so we'll have you back on for sure. So right before we finished the last segment, you were talking about the transition from Netflix to Redbox. Well, I, I was just saying that essentially uh, what, what transpired is that uh, our Chinese uh, friend, of, I'm Taiwanese, here in in the valley, he he actually, I mean, I, I won a, a huge praise from uh, from Netflix for for doing what I've done, yeah. what I've done, right? Uh, but one week later, I, I I got a call from Reed, uh, or or actually it was Mark Randolph, and then he called me. That he Mark Randolph was the CEO at the time, and he said, "Hey, we're 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 in deep trouble because one of the discs." Uh, was like 125 that they came on the spindles. Yeah, uh, it was mixed in with some kind of a very bad. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We <laughs> bad so, stuff. <laughs> so that stuff, and uh, so so in any event, from from being like the the, the most friendly pe- person, I got uh, I you know I got the bad nickname. Uh, at, so Reed remembers me by something else. So, but anyways. Um, but I still had very good relationship with, with Netflix. They helped me out because I've started up a, a company that was distributing films and producing films. And, and then so Netflix was my like fantastic partner. But more so Mitch Lowe, which was the number four person there in, in importance, joined me and uh, in Silicon Hill Ventures to help out to, to raise the, the monies and, and then help out the companies. But what Mitch has done, he actually in the 2005, like right after, right after the, the, the uh, Netflix had IPO'd, um, he started the Redbox. And then he was extremely successful. I think that he, he made the company um, to uh, to have a rev- hit revenues about you know billions of dollars right so uh, so in and then he's been like this until he left and he took the the sabbatical and then he started the movie pass which was um, unfortunately a disastrous <laughs> thing for him <laughs> he just lost a lot of money they just re- they just re- resurrected movie pass. Well, I know that they have, but but it doesn't cost ten dollars. No, no, yeah. and let, let's not let's let's you know, what, Arthur. We're going to have you come back to talk about those stories. I want to talk about Lubtronic, your current project. Well, the current project actually arrived about four years ago, as as you know, uh, with one of the companies that I advise, Ahura, and and we we uh, I, I get to travel to for, for the deal flow to to uh to ne- to necker and and then at one year about four years ago five years ago i took mitch with me the one of the you know the red box guy because mm-hmm. he wanted to meet sir richard yes so so we call we went there and then at the dinner i'm sitting down with the company that just came from um shark tank and they they were uh, they they actually got an offer five hundred thousand dollars at uh, I, I think $10 million valuation from one of the sharks and they show me their product which is which is exactly what I'm wearing right now <laughs> it's like this really rubbery thing uh, ring um, and 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 then we had to end up 
a nice conversation and 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 then I said like why would you you know why would anybody wanted to buy any of the of those kind of like you know like little uh, rings that are made out of silicon and and they they challenged me and they said like hey if if you're so smart what would you do and i said of course i would put some electronics in there yeah of course right and and but uh, but but it, it it really proves that that you never are smart because like people think that they're smart but they're not um the the company is called Enzo Rings, and they're phenomenally successful company right now. So so they're they're actually licensing all the rings, Lord of the Rings, uh, all yeah. the Disney thing, <laughs> making a lot of money. I mean, they struggled, but they they actually got where where they need to be. But in the meantime, I've uh, created the the uh, the patent portfolio for for the for my idea how to incorporate uh, a very simple. NFC chip uh, embedded rings, and then cre- we created a joint venture between myself and and Luptronic uh, and and Zorink called Luptronic. And and during the COVID, we've you know we, we actually got the the US patent, we got MVP, and right right now we're in a road to 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 actually fit it and 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 fill in the pipeline of all of the customers that we were promising them. We're gonna to we're going to deliver to uh, the, the product to, but uh, but the ba- basic promise is it's almost like a keyboard, and I, I I just don't understand how in the world we got the patent for it so broad, right? <laughs> but but I'm I'm thankful, and and then I'm going to actually prove it that that justifiably we did get the. We, we did get this patent for, for a reason. Yeah, I think it's amazing, Arthur, because, of course, we're friends, but I think about the applications that could be used for between um, hotel keys, resort keys, medical devices, um, payments. I mean, there's so many things that you could do with having a patent on um, being able to put circuitry or electronics into a silicone-based Yeah, this, this is somewhat limited to just an NFC RFID chip mm-hmm. being embedded and then going through the cloud to be authenticated, right? So it's not like alpha and omega, so to speak. But but you know, it's reasonably. I'm just thinking about the future. But go yeah, ahead. <laughs> but it's reasonably good to 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 enter into the licensing deals potentially in the near future. But right now, I'm in the process of actually building this this uh, kind of under the radar, building up the clientele base, and creating something that it's extremely cool, right? So so that's that's basically where the Loptronic is. That's great. And so for Looptronic, uh, things that you can talk about, the authentication in the cloud, uh, what are some of the immediate near-term things that you can talk about? Well, the, the, the one thing that I can t- talk about it is, uh, is that w- we came up with this really nice design that looks – because after five years, uh, uh, Enzo uh, rings – are probably the the most dominant like non-smart rings, but they're absolutely pretty and gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I brought you some to, to mm-hmm. kind of to take a look at it. And then there's also all kinds of other rings like Aura Ring, yep. which I've talked to uh, Raj when when they yep. were uh, doing things uh, like a few years back. And and I'm really amazed, right, of of how that whole owning a 10 fingers works, right? <laughs> so, so you only have a two wristbands, but you have a f- 
you know, 10 fingers. So not that you wanted to occupy them with all kinds of different rings. But what we're trying to do is just to get one more ring after the Aura ring and and then have that ring to be kind of useful for, for doing certain errands that you don't want to get into the, you know, dip into your pocket for your phone or, or, or you know, if you're in the water, some kind of environment so that you don't want to expose any of your like other other form of payments or authentications right that's really exciting and so with all that you've done and you've got the patent portfolio around that uh where what stage is Looptronic at what are you what are you looking for partnerships alliances licensing deals well i, I one thing that i'm i'm uh, like so now, now that uh, that I'm thinking of of w- what to do, I'm actually rewriting. I'm building up the new team of the coders. So I got some some very very good experience uh, team that that were part of the PayPal. Uh, and and uh, what I'm looking for is raising the the seed and then also raising like pre-seed money. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I mean, I'm using right now my own money, but uh, but it's it's time for to, to get get it out there. Hey, bootstrapping is always valued as a first step, and then getting interest in the product. So, um, how do they find out more information? Well, you can go to looptronic.com. Uh, that's that's our website, and you can contact me there. Uh, that's probably the best easiest. Right, and that's l o o p t r o n i c dot com. That's correct, and then I also have a handle DVD art on Instagram. That's kind of quasi private, but yeah, know, yeah. And that again is Arthur Mirzaraski, who is the CEO of Looptronic and um, at Sandhill Ventures. So, Arthur, with just the the moment we have left on this segment, what are some of the other things that you're working on, and then we'll get on to the pivot afterwards. Well, I've been always uh, trying to mentor other companies, like getting getting a little bit of an uh, exposure, about 30 years of exposure to building up the companies. Um, you know, I love helping out like younger companies uh, to, to, to tell them like the necessary steps for them to at least protect themselves and, and understand how much to maintain the equity in the company. Uh, yep. for the longest that's possible because we need the energy of those entrepreneurs to stay, you know, throughout the process of round A, B, C, D, and F and, 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 and hopefully IPO or mergers, right? We want those guys. We don't want a Steve Jobs uh, stories of, of leaving and, and coming back. Just want them to <laughs> continually, continually uh, make good things happen. But in order for those things to happen, you know, you need to teach the young entrepreneurs that they need to be very self-aware and protective about the equity in the company and you know and how to uh, affiliate themselves with the proper law firms uh, you know good mentors I'm not saying that I'm a good mentor but but you know there, there's there's a lot of people that are bored to death in the valley that that are sitting on you know on on the pot of golds and and but they They've done everything, but now they 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 have time. They they have energy and wisdom to 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 help out help out others. And with that, Arthur, thanks again for being on today's show. 
You're listening to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Q. Special guest today has been Arthur Merzarowski, who is of Sandhill Ventures. And also, we're talking about his company, Looptronic, and now he's been mentoring companies for decades. If you have any questions or comments, you can go to looptronic.com, or you can email us at info at svn.biz, and we'll be right back to finish the show with The Pivot. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On today's show, dear friend, special guest is Arthur Mazeroski, who is of Sandhill Ventures and of Looptronic. Uh, throughout the show, we've been talking about Arthur's real Silicon Valley Insider stories, as well as his company, where he has a patent portfolio on being able to embed electronics in things like silicone jewelry, silicone applications, Um Arthur has had a long history having been at companies that have gotten acquired. He talked about his relationship and how he really helped put Netflix on the map. So welcome back, Arthur. Well, thank you for having me here. Arthur, it's been just a great time. And I think with so much wisdom that you have and experience, I want to go back to something we talked about earlier in the show, which is definitely very prominent. Things like generative AI, chat GPT, people have been talking about how it writes, how it we can do art, how we can do other things. But I wanted to talk about the pros and cons of using such technology for actually development. Because also, it can actually write basic code. There was a story about how ChatGPT had actually passed Google's Level 3 software engineering um, interview process based on how it could code. What are your thoughts about how that's a good thing, but also could be areas of concern? Well, I, I think it's definitely area of concern because all the people that are working right now and, and you know have a comfortable li- living you know yeah. riding those buses on, on 280 and 85 and <laughs> <laughs> you know back and forth and, and getting paid but you know they have a hard jobs but I think that I, I see that as, as just another convergence right and, and what, what's going to happen probably is that a lot of effort is going to go into Something like what we call the SaaS platforms, right? So, so you have a software as a service, and there's going to be GTP as a service. So, so there will be still a lot of those folks that are programmers that will be able to properly fine-tune the API interfaces between them and, and the problems that they're going to solve. And I think that the the new gold is going to be a big data sets, uh, more so than anything else, uh, and building those big databases. And and I think that none of no, none of those programmers are going to be hungry for sure. It's it's just uh, definitely going to be a life changing moment because it those systems are extremely smart. And they they made me smarter. I've you know I hate to do the proposals. I I'm, I I speak in not, my grammar was never correct, so I was really writing a terse emails. Now with the grammarly, you know, like I feel very confident about myself. And then and then I don't put off writing the proposals because I type in the framework for you know in in AI. It just spits out the the proposal, and I fill in the blanks and and then and I'm happy right so so it, it's going to extremely it, it's going to enable the human beings into do the things 
that they're good at and 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 then also allow them to be more confident about their work without you know needed need to ask another human being about correctness of of their processes right? right whatever it is that they do in the communication so that that's that's granted and and then there's there is always going to be a lot of work in the data policing and then and then weeding out like uh, you know the bad seeds from uh, from the right seeds and not making sure that they don't overcome the they don't pollute the data set right so i think that that's going to be a huge uh, work for human beings to 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 test the the outcome of the of of any one of those engines that's that's going to be a, a tremendous job right for one one want to do. I, I agree. And so um, Arthur and I haven't talked about this yet. I kind of alluded to it on the show before, but my own consulting firm, Guardian Insight Group, we have been engaged and we are testing custom AI models using these technologies and integrating with their APIs. And exactly what you said, Arthur, I think as much as there's people have questions around ethics of using technology, questions about whether they're relevant or not, uh, we've seen technology shifts happen all throughout the ages, especially since the Industrial Revolution. And this is where you said data is digital gold. I mean, we're going to get to a point now where you have data, you need to validate that data, you need to have a hypothesis or a use case for it. But you're going to be able, humans will be able to adapt and move a lot quicker and faster with testing out these models. And I think that's what becomes really important. People should definitely open up their minds that there will be other careers and other jobs. One great example of that was Google had announced a couple weeks ago that they have a prompt engineer making $250,000 to $330,000 a year with only a basic knowledge of programming, very high level. And the main skill set, which is funny because it's not usually a highly paid skill, is quality assurance analyst mm-hmm. in order to develop these prompts. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree. That That's going to be the biggest challenge, right, <laughs> in the in. Like what we're seeing at uh, even uh, in in the media, like sorting things out, like what's what's the real, what's not, but but that's just like a human, like in the, in, in humanity, we have the same issues on on a daily basis, like who is real, who is not real, who's telling the truth, who's not telling the truth, and 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 a lot of that sinks into the data. But I think that with the volume of data. Uh, one could be a better judge about you know the validity of 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 the data set right which one is right because you, you cannot fake a lot of inputs yeah and with that um, I want to f- finish with what Arthur just said you really do need to work on validating that data I think that's where we're headed next otherwise we won't trust anything we see or hear online so Arthur thanks again for being here well my pleasure thank you so much Keith this is fantastic thank you for inviting me. It's always great to have you, and you'll have you back. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Q. Special guest today, Arthur Mirzorowski of Sandhill Ventures and his current company, Looptronics. If you have any questions or comments, go to looptronic.com. You can email us at info at svn.biz. Do validate your data, and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. For questions or comments on today's program or to schedule a complimentary consultation with Keith about your business, call 1-888-828-SVIN. That's 1-888-828-7846, 888-828-SVIN.